Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, welcome to What's the Hype Podcast. This is your boy, Jay Wade. And I'm Jeff Pope, a.k.a. The Pod Disciple. And this is What's the Hype. What's the Hype? It's helping young people excel. And it's also cutting through all of the hype, the glitz, the glamour that surrounds the sports industry and give tangible insight from our experience and our guests to help you get a better understanding of the business and all that comes with the sports industry. All my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life, look. All my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice. Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Pope, a.k.a. The Pod Disciple. We're so honored to have a special guest in the building. We're honored to sit and have great conversations. We have a guy, a legend, Kenny Burroughs. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Burroughs. Thank you very much. I'm just glad to be my second home, Houston, Texas. Houston is your second home. We, uh, let's start a little bit about just from the beginning. Uh, let's start. Let's talk about where you grew up and what it was like growing up during that time. Well, I'm a Floridian. You know, we're kind of proud of that. Uh, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, graduated from William and Marines High School. But the neighborhood that I was in, uh, we didn't have street lights at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we had everything. We had a lot of food, a lot of beans, a lot of. Uh, I'm from a very, very, as I'm concerned, very good family. Uh, fortunate, I grew up with a mother and a father. Most people don't get a chance to grow up with a mother and a father. Mm-hmm. The mother was the breadwinner. My father went to third grade. He's out of Georgia, Motu, Georgia. And he, I'm not, dare not say that he was dumb, but he was a provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he basically was a waiter. I don't know whether you ever heard of Morrison Cafeteria. It's like a Piccadilly or uh, something like that where they carried trays. Now, this is in the late 50s. But what he mostly did, he would say, check what your mother If you Just do what your mother say. Do what your mother say. And he meant that. I'm the baby. My older brother, who was deceased now, Gene Burrow, he was one of the owners of the, the what you call it, Jim Kelly, was that? Uh, what team? What? That, I can't think. The team had the gamblers, the gamblers, I, I, that league. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things I probably shouldn't say that I had something to do with it, but my brother was part owner and Jerry Manager, Jerry Algovich. A lot of people knew that handled uh, with Billy Sims and uh, one of my contracts, Robert was there. Everybody, that's before the money just have gotten as wonderful as it is now. But by living very good guy, I'm not racial in no kind of way, but he lived in the neighborhood that I lived in. Dan Pasarini turned me on to him. You know, if you don't get turned on uh, 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 from somebody, uh, it just doesn't, it's something like, I didn't know what a Mercedes was until you saw him. Mm-hmm. You have to see something to to want it and see what could I afford that, you know. And when you go around Boston and stuff, that's automatic. I go to L.A. and you know, I want a Rolls Royce. You know, those are crazy thing, but it's so plentiful out there. But going back to my family, I'm still because sometime I'll jump the gun. My mother, as everybody talk about, Mama. Mm-hmm. She didn't even know how to play the radio. She didn't play. 
She played with us. We had fun. But it's still no, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate it, sir. And all guess where it come from. Here go old country southern boy. Christ. Mm-hmm. God starts everything. Yeah. Yes. And, and just for the audience so they're aware, we're talking about the late 40s, 50s. Um, it's the time of kind of you growing up. And uh, when did when did you get introduced to sports? <laughs> I'm fine. Right now I'm 71 years old. I was born in 1948. Mm-hmm. In the Because in the, in the, Jacksonville is not a little city. <laughs> By none. But in, in that particular time, you, 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 trouble wasn't following us because we was in the park all the time, you know, playing. Now, the only rough thing, the only thing we did in the park that was make the police come and, if they said, oh, they don't need to run to him. That's that Burroughs boy. We were shooting dice for 25 cents and stuff like that. So the winner went, what, $3? <laughs> and, and you lose, you lose all of it. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing. And, and they played everything in this park, basketball, football, softball. And look at the girls. I mean, I'm an old man. <laughs> Can't go yeah, wrong with that. Go wrong. But that was somewhere that you can go and they give you a sandwich, you know, uh, and the mamas didn't have to worry about the kids. I'm, I'm truly honest with you. I don't, thank God, I know about trouble, but trouble don't follow me. Mm-hmm. I don't, because I, I, lear- I learned this at a late stage. Um, a good friend of mine, well, a friend of mine, he's, he's Thomas Hollywood Henderson, after he lived that crazy life, which I didn't live, and then when he got won the lotto twice, Got this with the concussion money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's important. Money's funny. You know what mm-hmm. Philip said? Only bad thing about not having money is inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said, Kenny, you don't need to learn. And not learn. Hell, I could teach him. I'm older. He said, just learn no. Learn when to say no. Mm-hmm. And you know what the most thing you say is no. no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I got here, like you said, out of Jacksonville. That's home. I'm Bob Hayes, the world's freshest human. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I, I broke all his high school stuff, but don't tell me no lie about no nine one in the hundred yard dash, because you know we were running hundred yard dash, now it's the hundred meters. Hundred meters, yeah. And I never lost a race. Never lost a race. So, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned Bob Hayes, but uh, just to kind of talk about high school. So you you from what I hear, basketball, football, and track, mm-hmm. and being highly recruited. Kind of tell me a little bit about. Um, when you knew you had something special, and then let's talk about a little bit about the uh, recruiting process during that time. Well, like I said, it's a guy there named Al Denson that played pro, and Bob Hayes. I wanted to be like them. They had those, those days. They had Rivieras, and I thought that was the prettiest car. Mm-hmm. You know, with the little one in the back, and and Bob and and, and uh, Denson, who made all pro and everything and all that. He's about he was like six four. And he, he ran ran the hunt. He was good. He's still living. He's very good. But when I actually really, I didn't know that pro until I came to Texas. Uh, going to Texas, no, graduating from Texas Southern. That's important mm-hmm. to me to don't say I went to Texas Southern. I went to University of Houston. Did you finish? Mm-hmm. That's the way I would separate myself. And this guy, we get along. Lynn Swan, we get along. But you know, I, I, I don't eat. I, I like to eat grits. I'm not gonna eat nobody's bullshit. So <laughs> that's his. That was his thing because he went to USC. Mm-hmm. But my guess with my best two friends in USC, OJ Simpson and Al Collins, the guy that drove the truck and all that. Mm-hmm. They're my friends today. I've told OJ at least ten dollars since he's been out. Now wow. we're not gonna get into that because mm-hmm. I don't want nobody. Wasn't no. 
I don't know. No, nobody done that. I know who didn't do it. Me. So, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. That. But what I'm saying about it, once you get in the NFL, and then they start coming, the scouts start coming to Texas Southern. And man, I, I'm from line, I'm flying. It'd be 10, 15 scouts on the sideline in, in, in college. Mm -hmm. Same scouts you see again, they was at the track meet. I'm telling you, what's going on? What, you know, then when my cocky butt found out what was going on, now it's time to show out. Mm -hmm. I had a coach by the name Clifford Jack Paul that came to me, and we did some things. He said, a 100-yard dash is worth $100 a day. So if that's legal or uh, illegal, put me in jail. When I heard a hundred yard, I mean a hundred dollars, and I had guys there like Robert Taylor that really should be, he went to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I said, I just know he gonna run me, but he couldn't stand this Florida stuff, mm -hmm. you know, that Deion Sanders type stuff that, oh, I hate this for Antonio Brown, but we didn't do it his way, but it's the same setup. Yeah. You push us, we fly. Yeah. Now, Getting to Texas Southern, I mean, then Sid Gillum, y'all don't know nothing about him. He was the big time scout out of, out of uh, uh, San Diego Chargers. Mm -hmm. He the one started the forward pass. He the one started the the the. He the one made every all this stuff they're doing. The L.A. Uh, 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 what do they call it? West Coast offense. West Coast offense. Mm -hmm. And he the one that got all that stuff going. I didn't know nothing about that. I think one thing that really helped me at being from Texas Southern. See, a lot of people. I had to learn this. Certain schools are better for certain people. That's true. That's and, true. And, you know, everybody, I had 65 football scholarships. So, so tell me why you decided to choose Texas Southern over all, all the other 64 offers you had. <clears throat> I, I don't have no choice. Didn't I say my mama well, run everything? Mm, correct. I didn't have no choice. And plus, integration had just hadn't really started. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said certain schools are for certain people. Mm -hmm. Now... Mother just, she's, Father Sad Ben was in Atlanta, Georgia from Jacksonville, Florida. I've been to New York, I've been to, not, and we wasn't poor. We just ate a lot of beans. But, but like I said, my brother, people don't know it, he was the general manager of the Houston Gamblers, part owner. Uh, his wife, what, brother in law, however they call it, uh, uh, Ricky, Ricky Sanders. Okay. Was was all those guys was coming in the same year that I came in. I got the camp and the first payday they paid us, I got thirty seven dollars. Today I take thirty seven dollars not to play football. That wasn't the, the final thing. That was just preseason. They couldn't show what they were giving. But Gene said you're gonna get me in trouble. But but, but I'm not gonna <laughs> get it get in that then they say if you just wait till game time, then the check go up, right? Well I was owning the club then called Kenny Burrow World Champion. Over to the Astro Dollar. I was making more money in the club than, than than I did in football, and I was part owner and didn't have my name on nothing, didn't put up a dime. I like the things you don't put up nothing, but you get, get something. Mm -hmm. So my my thing was that just to meet people, and I've always I put God on on the side. Then I and let me pick God back up. Mm -hmm. Now this thing has really been in the last year. I've joined about three churches. Everywhere I move, I join a church. Mm -hmm. Jerusalem is my church here. But I, I had to get back identified with God. And I've come to the conclusion that it's cheaper, it's easier, I can follow, I don't have to lead. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that works. And it's not like God, let me get some money. You know, I, I used to pray, God, let me get, let me get touchdown today. That sounds real stupid, right? 
But you now you see, you're not scared, but you're saying, everybody out there trying to knock your head off. Mm-hmm. We wore white shoes in college before people even had white shoes. I said, Billy, you know, you really didn't start the white shoe thing. Billy White Shoes Johnson. <laughs> He's the baddest small man I've ever met in my life. I never saw Billy drop a punt in practice. He's very good at it. He's still working out. He's running his senior track. He's perfect at that particular time. So now, Busy, you ask the questions and I can answer because I can't think of them. But I won't be, I'm in Houston, Texas. So <clears throat> what was the biggest adjustment coming from Jacksonville, coming to Houston uh, as a high school uh, guy getting ready for college? How, what was the biggest adjustment for you? The biggest adjustment was to come here with these Texas guys, which they, they're very good and everything. And and they talk trash, but I still think Jack Florida, the trash talking is people. Uh, I mean, athletes have seen girls and boys. I, I can second that. That's huh? right, you out. You yeah. from Miami? Yes, oh, sir. My God, you need to have a sports show or something like this because you can talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, and I agree. And, and we have conversations with guys that are from Texas, and we talk about even when I was in NFL working, we would talk about just uh, the way. Florida guys in general, uh, we would play football and run track wasn't an option. It was mandatory. So when you talk about guys that are from other states and they just play basketball and football, but Florida kind of breeded this speed um, because it's, we have no choice. It was from football to track because you want to get the track to help you get better for football. And that's the mentality in Florida. So they, we're known for the speed. Texas boys, of course, they love their football, but I just think when we talk about speed, Football, Florida, we kind of, we, we're, we're probably in a league of our own. Well, you know, we, we, we think that anyway. Like I said, I played, but I had 35 basketball scholarships. And that's when it went to the teams like what, Indiana. Mm-hmm. I'm just making up the, all of that. But now I'm going to tell the truth. I didn't want to, i never been on an airplane. I didn't want to catch no plane and go. USC and all that. That's man. Where is California? I'm not dumb, but I don't. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't and guess what? You know, I thought I was in love. I, I was in love. I ended <laughs> up marrying my first wife. I'm not leaving my girlfriend. And it was about excuse expect no second. All that wasn't playing the thing, but she was the top thing there. I, the people said it, the prettiest girl, the head majorette, mm-hmm. and the family had. A hamburger shop that had the best hamburgers. Well, I want to leave Jacksonville. You know, I go. But the man from Texas came. That he taught at Ever Waters College. He was beating Pete. He beat somebody 142 nothing. Plus, my brother played for him. And my mama said she can't. She didn't like the coach at all. Had 30 gold teeth in his mouth <laughs> and all that. But she said one thing. But he said, Miss Burrell, if you let me have, him, first of all, he will graduate. <laughs> he said, secondly. If he be the athlete that we think he is, he he's going to the pros. I'm saying, listen to all this. He done already gave me about five hundred one dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> I gave my daddy like two of them. Bless his heart, he just wanted him a gallon of whiskey. You know, that, not that he was an alcoholic, but that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Drank and worked. Yes. Drank and worked. Mm-hmm. And then my mama, he, uh, uh, the people. I wanted to go to Florida and them. You want the truth? I want to go with Jack Bob Yeah, I want, to, I want to go down there. And then that's on 100 miles, 106 miles from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. That's my girlfriend. Now, I like to throw in, though, because, you know, Daytona and Bethune-Cookman was only a short ride south of, uh, of of Jacksonville. So, you know, you had a, you know some guys go from Jacksonville to Bethune-Cookman. So I just like to throw that in there. Did that factor in? Did you did, Were you considering Bethune-Cookman at all? No. Not at all. If you didn't consider, 
Floyd A&M, you weren't considering. Especially at that time. At that time. Mm-hmm. It was killing people. And they had guys to go to the pro. Now, I didn't know I was going to the pro, but, you know, that's something that you say. They get paid mm-hmm. to just do this. And, you know, it really, the owners wasn't that tough to me. I ain't going to say that tough. But the pro, now, I went to the Saints first. Yeah. Then when draft trust and all that, getting the sh- we won one game. Then they traded six guys to New Orleans to bring me back to Houston. And then we won one game. I used to tell my mother, this ain't what I, this ain't. She said, boy, as long as you're making that money. And we're not talking about this money. I'll tell people what I made. My first year, sir, was $20,000, 20, 22, 24. I got a $100,000 bonus, but, but, which I, I thought that was a million dollars. And I'm not dumb. I'm not. But my mother, at that particular time, we got to tell you a true joke. Mm. We took the contract back to Florida after going to the Saints and Clifford Paul and my brother, who's the general manager, and an agent, black agent, one of the first. We were sitting at a little table like this, but I was rocked. You know, those kitchen tables <clears throat> rocked. And my brother said, uh, hey, mother, here's the check. I almost got tears, but she said, this boy got, this boy got $2,500. The whole country, my brother said, brother, that's $250,000. That was in 1970. She said, close the drapes. Close the st- all that, everything. We don't want nobody to know that we got this money. And I'm saying to myself, we? She, my daddy looked at me and said, don't say nothing. In other words, so all my checks and all of that, it was Kenny Burroughs and Alice Burrow. I couldn't catch a check. Mm-hmm. Um but 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 that was a good time, man. We can get back to the sports because when you talk about my mother and my sister, they make me cry because my mother did, but my sister is doing very well. She keeps her foot on my neck now. And I'm 71 and she's 72. I, I don't understand that. She just took the place of mom. She just she, She's making sure that you stay on course, well, stay well, on track. It, my friend here, y'all, he's in, in here with us. If you check with him, stay on course. The things that you do to get in trouble wasn't in my course. Mm-hmm. So... It wouldn't matter nothing. I'm just perfect at everything. I always know when to leave. I know this is the time. This is the leave. time. Because I don't. I can't sit no shit. So you mentioned being um, drafted by the New Orleans Saints, first round, 10th overall, yeah. and only been there for one year. So they trade you back to Houston. How did you feel coming back to the town that you played college football well, they, in? Well, I'm going to tell on the NFL. They told, I played six games. They told me, uh, Tom Williams, who was working at all of the, they told, Tom told me, Kenny, you hurt. I said, what do you mean? I had a turf drill, and Jared know this turf drill is some of the worst stuff you can get. Mm-hmm. I got them bunions and them, them, them uh, Astrodome playing in college and all of that. Old t- that turf, oh, man. Only thing good about the turf, if you're fast, you get faster. Faster, that's right. And uh, if you fall, you get burned up more mm-hmm. than anything else. So I'd never seen, but we played national down in Grambling in college and Prairie View in college, so we knew, I knew what the turf was. Mm-hmm. So, and it was to my advantage. If a receiver said the turf is not to his advantage, he's lying. Mm-hmm. Because once you hit it, buddy, you hit it, and, and you go. But, 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 man, let me tell you something. I'd never seen, Houston, Texas is nice, unbelievable. But, man, I know, you know, coming out in this area, I don't know what they was just hunting out here and fishing this kind of. But then I didn't never fish and hunt. I have fish now, but I've never hunted in my life. I'm not, 
I mean, it was it's because it was a lot of undeveloped land here. It wasn't it wasn't what it is now. It, it was Bel Air, which your brother better not go near. That's what I hear. It was uh, Third War was like heaven. It still is a little heaven in it to me. Uh, South Park. We used to run. He dropped off folks in South Park down, going to what's that village? Some kind of village that they had out there. And you had to get back. If you don't get back from breakfast, you don't eat. Mm. You know what I mean? Now you think of me. I love eating. You don't eat, and you know what the coach used to do. You know me now. I'm from Jacksonville. We would get on the back of a truck and lay down, so the coach couldn't see us. And time we get there with Scott, and all the way down about Texas Southern, we come out the truck, and the coach sitting right there. Wait, I said, I got that Kenny Burrow. I, I, I know who. Because I, mean, I thought I was cool. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd take you all the way back. But, but man, let me tell you something. Now, I, I bought up my first wife, and I might well give her credit. And, and I'm no animal or nothing. I've never been in no kind of trouble. But them girls make you do a lot of things. And the day, them girls make you do a lot of wrong things. That's true. So my main thing, and I got three daughters, five granddaughters, a set of twins, and two grands, grandsons. So girls have been in my life, and mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with my mother and my sister. Not no getting this dog. Now they call me what OG. OG. Oh, but I'm learning now what that means. Something, mm-hmm. something good. With all the bad guys in Jacksonville, the younger group that you know get in that trouble. OG, we got you. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to find out that's a good feeling. That, that, is. that group got to say OG, mm-hmm. we got you. They seen them family say, Oh no 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 no. So thank God, where I hang at a park, <laughs> I hope it don't never happen. We've never had a drive-by. And now they go in Jacksonville, they, you know, all kind of stuff. But now I'm a t- man like I'm lying. I went to church one Sunday, and the guy said, uh, man, Kenny Burrow, man, I want to meet you so bad. Could I just say, sure, how you know? So I was coming out of church, and uh, he came up to me, and he said, could I shake your hand? I said, yeah. I said, well, what you do? He reached and got his badge. <laughs> he said, I'm the police. Mm. And thanks to a guy that's sitting here with me right there, I mean, I don't need to get no upset about that. If somebody look at me, they're doing something wrong because I, I I didn't get caught. That's right. I'm not saying I never did nothing, but I never did nothing that I need to go to jail. If I had one problem, not paying tickets from speeding when we was Love You Blue. <laughs> Love You Blue, man. I don't, as, as young as y'all are, it still is unbelievable. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here now, because of Love You Blue. And you talk about that because you come, you you, you came off of your injury and then came here to, uh, and you was here in Houston. And in '75 was your first year of making the Pro Bowl, and you were the only receiver to go over a thousand yards. What type of offense was that um, uh, that you were playing in at that time? Throw it to Canterbury, just uh, press really. He would give me a signal like we had nothing else. I'm boy, I ain't gonna say that because guys could be listening to the show. We had another, another, but during that time. Uh, the long ball uh, was just something. That's what we did in black colleges. Mm-hmm. Gremlin, yeah. Southern, and you know Charlie Jonas and Frank Lewis and people like that out of Gremlin and Prairie View. Well, everybody had something to go to. Mm-hmm. Fortunate, I, I was the one to go to. And catching that ball at the deep, and then I, I didn't see what, I don't want it like I'm so good. That wasn't hard. Number one, all you got to do is outrun everybody. Speed kills. And it's not hard when you when you, when you got the speed to kill. I never lost a race till I got to Texas. And then guess who I had to run? Jim Hines, the world's fastest human then. So guess what? I, 
I played hurt. Like, man, man, that thigh hurt. We don't like to lose from Jacksonville. So, <laughs> I ain't never going to be somebody running a 9 1. Mm. Okay, my time best then was 9 3. But I was a football player. That's right. Was, but Trek Southern was known for his trust. What's up, Hype family? Thanks again for listening to another episode of What's the Hype podcast. But if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenerships, so you don't even have to have a big audience. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yeah, so so you had to split your time between football and track, so it wasn't like you had the time to dedicate full time. Because I'm sure if you did, you would have been an Olympic guy yourself. So you talk about getting the ball to Kenny Burrows. How did that offense change once you got Earl Campbell on the team? Oh man, if if if, if it's a blessing, that was one of my blessings I didn't know coming, because I didn't have to take all the punishment. And the punishment, I'm not gonna say it didn't hurt. But it really didn't because I was bigger and faster and then, then the defensive backs was about your size and I'm not saying nothing wrong with your size. Mm-hmm. The toughest time that I had was people like Lester Hayes, uh, Mel Blunt, a mm-hmm. uh, couple of more guys, but any of them University of Florida's, uh, all them guys went, they were, they said, why don't you slow down, this just practice. My coach told me, he said, Kenny Burrow, every time you go, and the senior bowl, every time you come up on the line, act like somebody slapped your mama. Now, when you say mama in them days, that was it. So it was one of those things, man, that, 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 I don't, man, I want to, you know, you know what? I look at this, these, the Hall of Fames now, you know, that these guys are very good now. I mean, let me tell you something. Earl Campbell, when he came, it was automatic that you had to give him the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we had known the offenses that they run now, that you give this and you give that, and that, that, that. the Hall of Fame, I'm I'm in the Hall of Fame in my mind. Yeah. And perhaps it'll happen one day, and perhaps I hope it'll happen like Robert Bazir did while you live. Mm-hmm. You know, making the Hall of Fame now, and yo, man, this, man, you know, man, I, I don't know. But those guys are good, man. man I, I just hope this doesn't bother nobody. Man, uh-uh. It's, it's a different time, and the game is built now more so to protect the offensive players anyway. That's it. Right? So it's, 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 you can't really jam the receivers, put your hand on them. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not hard. That's why you got so many thousand-yard receivers, and, you know, so it's the stats and the way the game is built now it makes it a little bit easier it's for funny. them. It's funny. That's what the public want to see. It's, it's exciting. That's what I want to see. Let's but, talk about Bum Phillips. How was it playing for a guy like that? Man, I tell you. And everybody thinks Bum Phillips is a nice little country boy. That didn't kept his foot so far up my butt. First time Bum Phillips, I met Bum Phillips. He came out on the practice field in the offseason. He said, Can you borrow? How does it feel knowing that nobody can take your job? Not strong that is. So I had a choice to either be a leader or a fool. He was pushing me to be a leader. How does it feel knowing that he used those words, can get cut, can do anything? The average person say, well, I'm going to take advantage of this person. But through my upbringing of my mama and uh, upbringing of God and through my black college football, and I hate to bring that in, but it's the truth, mm-hmm. black college football, man, you know what that made me do? We was breaking out in the offseason. We used to run heels 
up and down the bayou. You know, we bought that stuff in. A guy from Graham named Tom, we up and down. And Charlie Jordan one was the hardest working, best. Oh, man, I said, Lord, if I could best beat Charlie Jordan. Charlie Jordan said, can he beat Charlie Jordan? I can't run with you. He was a, he was a, you know, a pattern expert. You know, when you're real fast, you know, most of the time everybody says, well, he won't go over the mill. Mm -hmm. But I went over the mill and I be going so fast that what, what they want me to do, slow down and let him hit me? <laughs> I don't understand it. I'm not scared of nothing. I don't want to fight nobody. And that big as in other words, if you think it's that simple, and I was teasing my friend all the time, but in the barber shop, why don't y'all come out and, mm -hmm. and do all these things? So it worked out good for me. I think I had a good career. I could have had a greater career if I had took everything serious. But I was on teams that weren't with him. But back to Earl Cameron, Earl Cameron opened the door. Earl Cameron bought the house next to me. I was so mad. Now they're going to see what time I'm coming in. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, why, why y'all put him? And my brother them did his contract. Why y'all put him? I like him, but why he got to come next to me? You know, out of club. Mm -hmm. I'm in South Park. I'm rolling. I'm West Hammer. <laughs> me and Pastor Reed, hate to say it, but it's the truth. White girls, black girls, uh, girls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So did, so did you take him under your wing as a younger guy coming in? Did it, what was was man? If I took him under my wing, I, we can never talk on this still on this phone. Earl Cameron played that country role as better than anybody I know. Is from Tyler. If you ask it, Earl Cameron is. Oh, I don't want to say perfect, but he's he's he, he got it with a lot of Tyler to go up there to the University of Texas, and it's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I'm an Earl fan. Now we don't run together. We agree to everything because I call. You know what everybody said? Can Burrow say he don't want nothing? I don't call nobody. I say, well, can you give me? Can you lend me? Can you spare another night? All I want to know, if y'all get a speaking engagement or something like that, and they want to, and I can get them, make me a couple thousand dollars, or, you know, Earl wouldn't move for less than $15,000. I mean, don't don't even call him today. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? But, you know, I find and he still is a very, very good man. That's all I got to say. And one thing, when Mama came to town, they bought all that old tile of food up there. And on Fridays and Saturdays, I ate like a pig. Mm. But early extended, I knew at least five or six more years to my country. Oh, that's awesome. That's exciting. So let's, you talk about, uh, you, on the tail end of your career, uh, when did you know it was about time or uh, for your career? When did, when? did How did that transition happen for you? Well, when Bum and Pastor Ren got into the little thing, we lost to Kansas City. I mean, we lost to Pittsburgh. And uh, we uh, every player used to he, bring you in and talk about the next season. Now, I wasn't in the media, but I found out. Pasarini, you know, he likes to race boats. He likes to do motorcycles. Boy, he's, he got more fear in his heart than anything in the world. And they couldn't agree on Dan signing a contract. I don't know whether Dan know. I know this. That he wouldn't ride motorcycles. They couldn't come to a conclusion. So Pasarini asked to be traded, you know. I want I mean, I want you don't tell me what, you know, I don't know how it went. And I, Dan and I tied it and I don't know what. And uh, he asked to be traded. But I'm saying, I wasn't now, but be careful what you asked for. Mm -hmm. Players couldn't do the things now that some, oh, your homeboy them do it, Tony Brown and all them, who is good as anything. But uh, anyway, he traded Bob, I mean, Pasarini to Oakland. Oakland sent Kenny Stabler to the Oilers. That's like, you know, how y'all gonna take me and Pasarini's a marriage? Mm -hmm. And we, we didn't go into the championship game twice from the Super Bowl. 
just, you know, we, we just, but we were, you know, certain people, I was like, man, I, I don't understand that. I just, well, and I had my nightclub. My nightclub was making more money on my cut. I hope the internal revenue is not there. But my cut on Sunday night's cash, they're getting, then I'm getting with the owners. Because, see, in those days, you had to defer your money. Mm-hmm. For the owner can make money off your money in the bank to pay you. That was business then. Wow. Yeah, that, that was business, you know. If you want to get over $100,000, who damn made sure I got over $100,000? Now we talking about me, but I don't worry about I could have got, should have got. Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. So I like to ask guys on the podcast: When did they <clears throat> realize the NFL was a business? Was it at that time when they traded Pastorini away? Did you? Did that affect you? And you really had to take a step back and say, "Well, this, you know, this really is a business." I think I more think that it's a business now. See, I'm learning, I've learned more about football in the office and the front office and the money now since I can sit home and look at the NFL channel mm-hmm. and, and get with Stephen A. and all them boys that gets paid to put on that performance that he does, and I like him. Mm-hmm. He does a good job, and, and certain guys find, and Dion, don't let nobody fool you. The stuff that Dion, he deserves every bit of it. Absolutely. And Dion got that whole thing. Let me tell you this, and I'll think a thing. My brother was in on Helen Dion's contract. It was a guy named Zucco, who, white guy, no problem, you know. White paid whites, easier than the white paid the black. Not much, but, you know, in other words, like me and you in here right now, we trying to do his contract. We can talk brother talk. Mm-hmm. So my thing was this, I just listened to it. Like I said, I don't do a lot of reading, but I can listen real good. And I learned, I learned one thing, like you say, all the wisdom, all the pay attention. You know what I got? I got common sense. Mm-hmm. My mother say, you don't inherit common sense. You learn Learned. common sense. So therefore, since I don't sit on the on the plane and read a whole book, by the time we get to Pittsburgh, either I'm trying to get me some sleep or saying, God, please, let us get what let's get up there and them guy was there, I mean, and knock your head off. Mm-hmm. I did it. You can't, what Ali said, you can't hit nothing you can't catch. And that worked for me. That mm-hmm. worked for me. So, when you decided to hang them up, what did you transition to? Uh, what was the, your next phase of your career? Well, I signed with the gamblers, you know, that, that was like I said, oh, man, they can't do nothing to me. I had some of the action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how many times you can play and get paid at the same time? My and my brother was German. One of the owners was my last agent. I I know how to get in the in house. I didn't do things illegally, but I got a lot of sense to know that what hell I can't knew get, all the right people can't get cut. Can't do it. But when they gave me that thirty seven dollar check, I went home and didn't never go back. Uh, <laughs> but I'm glad. You know why? Like I say, uh, his family, my family, uh, we almost families, <laughs> Jared and everything. So that's why I stayed. Hotels are nice. But Sugar Mama House is much better than hotels, and the food is not even close. Not even close. And what comes through there all day long? Them pretty girls. Now, I'm not messing with no girls or nobody, nothing. But whether they mama, the grandmama, one thing about it, he'll tell you all day long. One of them t- Kennebrough-type girls going to come through that door. Now, I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole, but it doesn't hurt to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hurt to, to look at it. Oh, man. So how, and how long did you uh, remain here in Houston after your playing days okay. was over? Uh, well, if I have to really think, long time. Uh, I got here in 66, and I moved to Jacksonville maybe 
eight years ago. So, so, uh, so you you spent more most of your more time here in Texas than oh, you yeah, did in Jacksonville. Close. I thought this was it. Why are you going there? And as I ride around now with my, my friend Jared, man, the traffic will make you move out of oh, Houston. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, uh, I got some good people here, man. Good people and Texas Southern. You know, I'm not a big fraternity guy, but I am Phi Beta Sigma. And then when they see, and this little thing on my arm, I didn't buy this to show no other But you know, they always say, well, you know what? He, you just cannot join that. If he, was he a dummy or was he a something like that? And that's an insult. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I graduated from t- Texas Southern at the thing like that. And, and the guy was a Sigma, said, Kenny Burrow, you know what? Follow my lead. Now we're going to get your schedule. You're not going to go to this, sis. You're not going to go to that. I want you to take this class and follow these teachers. He said, they're not going to give me no grade, but they're going to give you a chance. They're going to, let, they're going to make sure you get to work in Paris. And I think that's great. And I think that's the biggest thing, because I have conversations about the HBCU experience opposed to, you know, the PWIs, the predominantly white universities, where I don't feel guys have a clo- the, the relationship they could have with professors. Like at the HBCU, your professors know you. You have a personal relationship. They know with your family. They know when you're not showing up to class. Oh, yeah. So I have this conversation about if we, if it's possible that some of the top players at some point can say, you know what, we want to go back to the HBCUs and bring, you know, bring life back into that opposed to, you know, you go into these universities and most of them don't graduate from those universities. So it's a conversation I've had uh, time and time again. What are your thoughts? Do you think it's ever be possible for guys to start going back to the HBCUs, the top recruits, and now you're starting to bring the attention and the re- the revenue and the, the, the finances to the institutions? Do you think that's ever be possible? I think so. I, I think so. And it has a lot to do with your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Quite sure that my mother was prejudiced in her way at that particular time because the jobs and stuff. But she ended up opening up her own business. So we went from boat shops to steaks mm-hmm. so quick. I, I don't have nothing to hide. She was the fence lady in the barbershop. Everybody bought her all the stuff. She said that she made. We did real good. But asking you about the question, I think it's happening now. Real slow, but it's happening. Well, what affected in any kind of way is the the television. Yes. Know, television. Mm-hmm. Man, we can put you on television. And if you've seen, you got a chance to go pro. I don't think that they talk education to those guys that they recruited. I, I really don't. Mm-mm. You know, all these guys that's making, not all these guys, because I want nobody to get mad at me, that's making these big old top stars that they should get. They should get it and all that. But I don't never hear graduate. I just don't never hear it. So answering your question, I look at TV now. I'm the best TV watcher in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's because you know what you can learn. It's wisdom. Ain't nothing like that wisdom and that common sense, man. It's just you learn from that. You learn. It's, it's so much information, so much access to information on that. And and, and like you said, like the, the guys have these prides about these different big universities that they're not graduating from one. And then even when we talk about basketball players, they're there for one semester. So if you can imagine a guy like um, the, the number one overall pick that went to the the, the Pelicans and yeah. Zion, if he could have went to South Carolina State for one year, he still would have been drafted number one over. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's hard to, it's kind of, you know what, and I'm on this side, it's hard to see that yeah. at, at 16, 17, and 18. It's hard for me to look at it, see that at 71. Yeah. Money is still the root of all evils, but at the same time, money, who, who don't like money? Money. Ain't that what the OJ say? Yeah. Cash money? It's about so the money. And I, just hope they live a long time to get it, but I don't have no boys. I got a grandson, but 
I don't have no board. I, you're right. I think you said it starts at home because I think I have the pride of HBCU. My, me and my wife, both are HBCU graduates, and my son, and that's just a conversation I'm having with him. So if he ever becomes a top recruit, which I don't care if he ever plays sports or not, but if he do... We're going to be considering, you know, we're going to go, because he's going to be going to homecomings with us. He's going to go. It's a family affair. It is wonderful. And this is and this is an experience that many guys, even in the NFL, I will talk to guys, and they will say, man, I missed out on the HBCU experience. Yeah, football was fine at Alabama, but the homecoming, the band, just the, the relationships you have with guys over 30, 40 years, you can, you know, you guys still stay in contact. I just want to talk about, uh, let's talk about a little bit about even with the two-a-day practices, the differences. Back in your time when you guys was having those two-a-day practices, opposed <laughs> to how it is tonight. Two-a-day, I'm telling anybody that's three-a-day. I don't know where you're coming with Three-a-day, I'm sorry. Man, we practice five in the morning, go eat lunch, come back for an hour, then go in there, and four until you practice real good. Mm. That, that paid off. You know what? NFL, man, I should have played another five years. I, I could have played. No, I really think that I could have played another five years. But during that time, I thought it was just time to go. Time and I don't go. regret it. Mm-hmm. I don't regret it. And and and, and we'll stay. We'll we'll kind of wrap up with this as well. I, you're a 2016 Black College Black College Hall of Fame inductee. What did that mean to you? This little ugly ring. Uh, no, that's a nice ring. <laughs> man, let me tell you. Something. Oh, and I forgot to. I'm going to tell you who I bring back to colleges and all of this. Doug Williams. Doug Williams. And Shaq Harris. Mm-hmm. Grambling guys. Boy, I found out what it is to love your school, love your college through them going to the, before the Black Hall of Fame was even invented, uh, they, they brought it out to say, the, uh, you know, the Robert Aziz. And now Walter Payton, I know him very well, but, you know, he passed. Mm-hmm. And all that. And Jerry Rice, you know, I... I Jerry, and if you hear me, you hear me. Come on home. Come mm-hmm. back. Come come visit. That doesn't do nothing but help yeah. black college football. I don't care what you've done. You still went to Mississippi Valley. Yes. Yes. And you had to get a teacher. Because, see, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't have to learn to read the defense. You know what I mean? Because they played bump and run, fight at the line, all through. So Mel Blunt, them, it was just another day of work. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know I had my work cut out for me. Yeah. But now I found out one thing, that then the zone, y'all remember Bob Hayes, they said he changed football. And if nobody don't touch me, I can just run inside and go back. It's just touchdown. Somebody like Easy. Pastor Reedy throw like he can throw. Mm-hmm. But I had a quarterback named David Mays that ended up going to the pros and ended up being a dentist and all that, they could throw with anybody. Now, when Pasarini learned to throw the ball early, mm-hmm. they would get it. Because one time, he can hit us the truth. You know, he thought he could just throw it and overthrow me. I, homie don't play that. I, I, you got to beat it, man. It's it just been so good. I, I enjoy being black. Mm-hmm. I know I can't change it. But anyway, I, know, I, I, I know I can't change it. But it's, it's not a racial thing. No. Uh, it just... I've never been white, so I don't know how to how to not handle it. I think it's just taking pride in what you are. I mean, it's okay to have pride. It's okay to be um, to know the value that your 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 inheritance or your your ethnicity gives you. So I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We 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 forgot to mention you were the last guy to wear double zero. How did that even come about? Man, that's a good story. I wore that number in college. When I got there as a freshman at Texas Southern, it was a guy. Before me was double zero. And I was somebody, I said, man, that's a joke. Who want to be? I don't even know double. But my college coach, when I went home one first summer, you know, I had to go see this girlfriend and came back. In my locker, they had double zero jersey in there. 
at Texas Southern, and we was in a barn. Uh, I came in there. What is this? Why am I double O? This guy was pretty good, very good. He made the pros. He did well. So, I, you know, at that time I had 89. That was Otis Taylor number. And I wanted to be like Otis Taylor, that, that height and that, you know. He might not have been as fast as me, and maybe he was. But um, he was a gun to me. He show out. He do good. And I went and asked him, man, he said, well, go see Coach. You know, the, the trainer, I want to beat him up or cuss him out or whatever. Go see Coach Paul. Because I'm tired of you talking to me like that, and I was talking to him bad. I went to see the coach. He said, Kenny Brothers, I'm not going to go through this long thing. Son, look here. Either you want to be double something or double nothing. That dog, we're going to bring all these scouts in and let them see what you, what you are. And if you be what you're supposed to be, baby, you'll be a first-round draft choice. Get out my office, and don't you say that doggone thing about nothing, son. So double zero was good. I got to the pros. Mr. Meekham, who owned the Saints, came to me at the Hall of Fame game. He said, Kenny Burrell, if I can get you to be double zero, would you wear it? You know, making them on the work and all that. I said, what day do we get paid? <laughs> He said, you get paid on Tuesdays. I said, if y'all pay me on Tuesdays, I'll wear anything you want me to wear. Mm -hmm. I like money. Mm -hmm. Well, amazing story. I, you know, you, you you mentioned a couple times your brother and him being a part of the gamblers. How did that even come about? Was he a former player himself? And then how did he kind of transition? <clears throat> no, he, he, the only person beat him was Bob Hayes. He could fly. But when he came to Houston, uh, Pasarini turned me on to Jerry Argovich, who was a dentist. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, Jerry and I got to be very, very good friends living over in the Jewish area, Fonja Southwest, that we was over there. And Bazil came, then Calvin Murphy, then Rudy Tom Jonovich. You know, everybody moved in that area. That was the area there. Now they went with Missouri City and sugar this and sugar that uh, <laughs> uh, out there. But, you know, I, I, I ain't going to say I didn't want to move out there. Number one, I didn't make that, I didn't have that kind of money. But I wanted to get to practice. If I spend 45 minutes getting to practice, they charge you $1,000 a minute for being late. I was late one time. I got charged $15,000. And I bummed, man, I said, God, no, shit, get them. I said, oh, man. My mama found out at Ellisboro. Mm -hmm. She said, you mean to tell me you can give blank, blank them people $15,000 for being money and your mama down here and anything? She says, no, bum was there. She talked to bum, said, bum, he'll never be late again. <laughs> Matter of fact, she said, get him some kidney. If you think you're going to be late, I told the truth. I had a flat tie. Sooner or later, it sounds like a lie. And I went there and I was late. He said, you know what you need to do? Get up about 3, 4 o'clock, go down there and check your tires and see if they're flat. Then you won't be late late, late to practice. So they, didn't char they charged me 7000 because I had like three touchdowns or two touchdowns that day in the game, and we won. So they, they, but they give the money to the team to have pizzas and beers and all of that, man. Give it to a free. I wanted to give it to Tech Southern. During that time, they, wouldn't, they didn't, wasn't set up like that. Man, I had a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic career. And... Texas Southern, I can't. I still love it. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to wrap with that. I think it was a fantastic interview. It was an opportunity for me to sit down and get so much mm -hmm. knowledge and experience. Again, the HBCU connection. So I really appreciate you for coming onto the podcast. And best of luck for uh, best of luck to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Follow us on all platforms at What's the Hype Podcast. I've been grinding all my life, all my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.